I want to talk about work redesign and something that I think a lot of organizations need to comprehend, adopt, get excited about, and frankly, something I think companies need to be privy to. Because I don't think enough companies and organizations are really understanding the value of work redesign. I don't think enough organizations understand strategically how to map out work redesign. I don't think enough organizations really understand how to benefit from a work redesign, how to handle a work redesign, how to understand the psychology and apply an employee's first methodology doing a work redesign and why you should even do a work redesign, right? Um, I'll, I'll probably start here. A lot of companies are looking for unicorns when it comes to talent, right? The JDs that are rolling out today, the expectations leaders have for one individual talent at the leadership level or at the individual contributor level is getting outrageous. I'm just going to bluntly say it. They're looking for a combination of technical, data visual, you know, data analytics, high levels of communication, someone they can grab a, a glass of wine with, but also someone that um, doesn't feel too close to a friend, but they can also be pretty informal, but they don't want them to be too informal. Someone that can be a part of the culture and be a culture ad from day one. Someone that has a certain amount of expertise and industry knowledge for a certain amount of years and a certain amount of degrees and has a certain capability and experience in the background of executing this exact minute task and this exact minute win. And they're looking for so many variables that are so micro that you're finding yourselves as recruiters and heads of talent and heads of people and CEOs and CEO, COOs and CEOs inside of companies taking six months, 12 months to try to find the right person. And then God forbid, it's not the right person based off of one or two of those variables. You either turn that person over and you leave that you, you have that person removed from the company, which let's call the CFO about that, right? Or what you do is you are beating yourself up behind the scenes. You, 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 you swallow the fact that you know, you made a made a mistake from your point of view because you're looking for so many different variables. And now your leadership style and the overall communication style to that individual is coming across as if maybe they're not as good as they are. And they are. They're just not great at the 94 things you wanted, wanted them to be great at. They're great at the 87 of the 94, right? And I obviously I know I'm exaggerating, but you all get the point. So by using a work redesign, and the, the psychology of that, I think there could be a few things that could help. First and foremost, the psychology you have to understand is you have to genuinely, as an organization, put the needs, desires, wants, and executions that these employees want to you know, be a part of, you have to put their needs and their wants and their desires first, straight up. When you walk into an interview... When you're analyzing even folks that are in your company today, how they see themselves fitting into your organization, connected to the goals and priorities that you think your organization needs to execute against, the entire role that they are adhering to on a day-to-day -day basis should be completely designed around their POV. That should always be your first priority and your, fo your first focus. The second priority, the second focus, the second perspective should be around, okay, we do need 
someone that's highly technical. We do need someone that has data visual, uh, visually, visually, I can't even say it here. Data visualization. That's not even how you pronounce it, but you, you see where I'm going with it. Skills. Uh, we do need someone that's highly, um, has a high level of communication. And here's what we really mean by communication, right? We do need those things. So instead of maybe going and finding someone that has all of those variables, why don't we look for individuals, individuals within our company, subcontractors we can bring in that can take on one or two of those micro skills. So for instance, you have someone in your company, there's three to four different skills that you do need in your company to get where you want to go. Have thoughtful one-on-one conversations that are very curiosity-based to understand who inside your company today, no matter what level of the company they're at, has the skill, has the experience, has the expertise, and most importantly, has the personal selfish desires to execute against that task. Who in your company has that? And then once you find that out, Maybe all you have to do is give that person an extra $1,000 a month, which is an extra $12,000 a year. Maybe you find another person to take over the other skill that you need. Let's say there's three total skills you need, and you have to give them only an extra $500 a month. And then maybe the third one, you bring in a subcontractor to knock it out in a six-month block of time at a like individual practitioner perspective. But how you layer in the contract is that they also have to have an L&D background as a contractor to teach maybe one of your junior representatives here that you just brought into the company that is also inclined and excited to understand that skill. See, that's strategy, because what a lot of companies are doing right now is they're saying, "Okay, we need all these skills. We're literally going to go and try to find all of these skills and give that person one hundred and fifty thousand dollars salary. And it's going to take us six months. So the money it's going to take to find that person, the one hundred fifty thousand dollars um, salary, and then we have to go about making sure that we're keeping them engaged, getting them embedded in the culture, all that good stuff. What I just said from a job redesign and trying to strategically navigate personal interests, passions, desires, and the objective skills you need for the company. As I said, let's go to the people we already have, the folks that are already engaged, the folks that already love the brand, the the folks that already understand the culture, the folks that already understand the operational fabrics of the culture, the folks that are already high performing in their jobs that they do now, and just go to them and say, hey, look, we messed up a little bit. We want to know a little bit more about you personally. Oh, you do have this skill, number one. Oh, you do have that other skill. Oh, you do have that other skill. And you have a passion to execute against that skill. Amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Here's what we're going to do now. What we're going to do now is we're going to give you extra thousand, you extra 500. We're going to bring you subcontractor in for six months and make sure L&D is, is built into your role so you can teach our junior representative here. And now you actually have executions happening deliverables happening, things moving the business forward objectively, while also keeping an employee first psychology and mindset, while also keeping the morale high. And you're not, you're not, you're not losing a beat. We all can admit that in relationships, period, not just business relationships, bringing in new human beings into our ecosystem, into our world is scary at times. 
is uncomfortable at times. There's alignment that needs to be created, right? Storming, norming, and forming is what I believe. Storming, forming, norming, storming, norming, and forming, however it goes, I believe is the terminology that lots of business people use, right? That is a real thing. And so I think what we need to start doing is get excited about work redesign and figure out ways to live into that world and, and, and be okay with the removal, right? Like, it, it, again, it, it takes a lot of skill because be okay with the removal. So again, breaking down these three different skills you needed, let's say for this, this one individual person to take on that $500 a month extra task and deliverable that you need, let's say they start to raise their hand and say, hey, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit, uh, my, my bandwidth is, is hitting, a, hitting a ceiling, hitting a limit. That's okay. That is okay because there may be another deliverable that they were doing that they didn't enjoy, that they did at a, let's call it a C plus level. And there's someone else in your company that can do it and love it at an A plus level that actually is underutilized. I just talked about under, you know, underutilization and max utilization, I think in two, three podcasts ago. So maybe that's how you play. So it takes a lot of shuffling. It takes a lot of strategy. It takes a lot of thoughtful execution. But I believe you all can do it. Those that are listening to this episode, you're smart. You're thoughtful. You care. You're going to win, right? Like, let, let's be positive here. But w- what I don't want you to do on a business side of it, and I'm sure the CFO would love me right now, what I don't want you to do is create a completely unrealistic JD spend ungodly amounts of money recruiting and then go about trying to bring someone into the org. I don't want you to do that if you don't have to. What I want you to do is I want you to really understand the three priorities, the four priorities, the five priorities that you need and execute a work redesign psychology. It's a little different, but I can promise you it'll bring some value. We'll talk soon.